Amen. Man, it's good to be in God's house. Turn with me to Colossians chapter number four. Colossians chapter number four. Uh, I, I am thankful to be here. I'm glad that you're here. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you, I believe with all my heart that uh, God has really lit a fire in some of our people here uh, with sharing their faith, sharing their story, uh, sharing the, the, the goodness of God. Uh, people are getting saved. People are showing courage and, and witnessing and telling others. And I hope this is just the beginning of a revival. I'm telling you with all my heart, uh, God has put all this together. Uh, we had brother Dave, uh, Gibson with us last Thursday. And then, uh, God really put a, a, a really intense message Sunday. And, uh, and he's going to follow right along with this. And some of y'all that were here last Thursday, uh, some of the elements of the, the message tonight is what he gave us last Thursday. And uh, I thought it was so good. And I told y'all that. I said, act like y'all never heard it because you're going to hear it again next Thursday. Because uh, it come right out of Colossians chapter number four. I took his skeleton and put a little meat to it. So let's, uh, uh, don't tell him that. Amen. Uh, uh, Colossians chapter number four, we stopped. And we stopped in chapter four, verse one. So let's continue in verse number two. If you're there, say amen. Amen. All right. Thank God for the Bible. Norm got me. Amen. I need them big letters again. Here we go. Continue in what? Prayer. Prayer. Continue in Prayer. prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. With all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. That I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without. Redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with what? Seasoned with salt that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. Now let's pray and we'll jump right in this thing tonight. Lord Jesus, thank you so much. I'm just looking out at this crowd. I'm thrilled. I am thrilled that this many people have chose to come out tonight and hear your word. Uh, They probably could have been doing a million things and, 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 and Lord, they're, they're committed and they want to hear and they want to know they heard from you. And God, I pray that you'll speak to them as you speak through your word to us. Lord, we know we speak to you in prayer and you speak to us through your word. And I pray that nobody will leave here disappointed. Nobody will leave here without being convicted. Nobody will leave here without being challenged. Nobody will leave here without being encouraged. Lord, I pray that you will touch us here. I pray that you will touch our family in Fairview. Lord, I pray that you will just anoint and bless those folks out there. Lord, we love them so much. I pray that your perfect will be done. And God will thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. What's the title of the lesson tonight? Say it again. Say it again. Oswald Chambers, Oswald Chambers, most of y'all, I'm I'm pretty sure if I remember right, he's the one that that wrote the devotional, My Utmost for His Highest. How many of y'all are familiar with that, that devotional? Great, great devotional. Uh, he said this, he said, prayer does not fit us for the greater work. He said, prayer is the greater work. And I would have to, I would have to agree with that. I would have to agree. Charles Spurgeon said this. Now you got to understand Charles Spurgeon has been called the prince of preachers. At one time he was preaching to to thousands and thousands of people, uh, just unheard of in his day. And this is what he said. When he was asked about his great ministry, he simply replied, my people, my people pray for me. This is the big deal. While he was preaching, there were people praying. There were prayer uh, meetings going on at the same time he was preaching. And man, he had a powerful ministry. Dr. R.A. Torrey said, let's all read it together. It's right at the top of your notes there. Pray for, expect, work for. But above all else, whatever you do, pray. I've heard it said, I've heard it said when I was in Bible college, it said work like everything depends on you, but pray like everything depends on him. And I I think that's that's some good advice. We need to pray. Uh, Brother Dave, I I was going to put it in the notes and I forgot. 
Uh, but brother Dave said that when we pray, that is a declaration of our dependence on God. When we don't pray, that's a declaration of our independence from God. In other words, when we pray, we're acknowledging, we're agreeing, we're admitting, Hey, I need God in my life. I can't do this without God in my life. And when we refuse to pray and when we don't pray, we're saying, God, I got this. I don't need you. Now, now, none of us, none of us in here, if we was in our right mind, none of us in here would consciously say that out loud. I hope nobody's that stupid in here. Say amen. <laughs> to, to just say, I don't need God. But that is exactly what we're saying when we don't pray. Are y'all with me? And Paul, he, he's finishing up his letter. This is, this is the letter to Colossae. Uh, most of y'all, if y'all been here through the whole study, uh, he is writing this from prison and, and he is addressing the issues there. He has already done that. He's talked about the, the problems and the struggles and the difficulties and addressed the, 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 the doctrinal issues and all of that. And now he's finishing up this letter. He's finishing up this letter that he is sending out and, and he is, he is asking them for their prayers. And, uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, if, if there's a man like the apostle Paul, which probably, I, I don't, I don't know of any other human being that was as close to God or, or had as much pull with God or power with God. I mean, when you get to go to heaven and come back and talk about it, you, 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 you up there say amen. And somebody with that kind of record, that kind of reputation, that kind of power, when he looks at you, he says, man, I need your, I need your prayers. Well, I'm going to tell you, Paul needed them. We need them. Amen. And he goes into detail. He goes into detail of how to pray. He goes into detail of what to pray for. And he also talks about how we should be from our prayers and the actions that we need to take. So that's kind of how we're going to break it down tonight. What, what, how we need to pray and then what we need to pray for our prayer requests. And then, and then what our prayers should motivate us to do. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. Grab your, grab your notes and we'll get started uh, here tonight. Uh, first of all, write this down. I want you to see three attitudes in prayer. Three attitudes in prayer. Three attitudes in prayer. Verse number two says this. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. So we have three words there. Continue, watch, and thanksgiving. So let's, let's look at this. First of all, when we pray, when we pray, and by the way, we're going to do, we're going to do a little Bible study tonight in Bible study. What do you say? So I'm going to ask you to turn to some scriptures. Uh, usually, usually I'll print them all out for you, but I'm afraid I've made some of you lazy. <clears throat> so, so we're going to, we're going to exercise a little bit tonight and, uh, not because I didn't want you to be lazy, but I run out of room on the paper. Amen. <laughs> And I want to, I want to read all of the verses that go with the points we're talking about. So we're just going to turn to them here in just a minute. All right. So here's our first attitude in prayer. What's that first word? What's that first word in verse two? Everybody say it. Say it loud. Continue. Continue. What is it? What does the word uh, continue mean in your notes? What does it say there? To be courageously what? Persistent. So put the word here. Be devoted. When we pray, we need to be devoted in our prayer. We need to be committed in our prayer. We need to be courageously persistent in our prayer. I, I see way too many people who will pray for something one time and get mad and say, well, God didn't do nothing. Well, God may have not heard from you in a while and he likes to hear you talk and wants to hear some more of it. Amen. We need to be persistent. We need to pray. He said it didn't work. Pray some more. Pray some more. Pray some more. Pray until something happens. Amen. Keep on praying. Uh, in Luke chapter verse chapter 18. Let's turn to Luke chapter 18. I want to hear some pages flipping. All right. I didn't give it to them guys back there. So you'd have to turn. <clears throat> but they'll probably find it and put it up there anyway. 
Luke, Luke chapter 18, Luke chapter 18 in verse number one, Luke 18, verse number one. When you get there, holler at me. Amen. Okay. All right, here we go. And he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought what? To what? To pray. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. And then he gives a parable. Watch what he says. He says, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. He didn't care about nothing about God. He didn't care about people. He was cold, hard-hearted, wasn't religious at all. He didn't care about God or you. Now watch what he says. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him saying, avenge me of mine adversary. Now keep in mind what he said. This judge didn't care nothing about her. He didn't care about her problems. He didn't care about her situation. He didn't care that she was a widow. He just, he don't give a rip. All right. And he would not, he ain't, I'm not messing with this. He would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, though I fear not God nor regard man yet because this widow troubleth me, she won't shut up. She will not leave me alone. She won't pass. She just keeps on and on and on. Amen. She, I will avenge her. Lest by, lest by her continual coming, she, are y'all with me? Now, what are we trying to learn from that? And the Lord said this, hear what that unjust said, that unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his own elect which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them. What does that mean? That means this. Sometimes God, it's not that he says no, he says nothing. It's not that God is telling you, no, I'm not going to do that for you. He's saying nothing. I want to know if you're serious. I want to know if you mean business. I want to know if you're, listen, if you're going to take what you are asking for and be serious about it. How many of you had children that, that, that asked for a different toy every 30 minutes? And you know, they're not serious. It's one that, you know, on this, this minute and this, that minute. And you don't think nothing's serious. But when they just keep on and on and on and on and on about that one thing, you know, is dear to their heart. And guess what you're going to do? You're going to try your best to make sure they get that one thing that they are serious about. And how many times do we give up on God and we stop praying? Or, or we're not persistent in it and we're not faithful in it. And we get, we pray or ask kind of, kind of haphazardly and, and, and we get frustrated and we say, well, prayer don't work. No, you quit too soon. You quit too soon. Let's look at Luke 11. Let's look, look at Luke 11. Flip, flip back a few, a few pages in that same book. Luke 11, verse number five. Luke 11, verse number five. Jesus tells us another story. <clears throat> and he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight? And that's a little inconvenient. Say amen. Go at him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me and have nothing to set before him. And he within, from within shall answer and say, trouble me not. In other words, leave me alone. I go back, man, I'm in bed. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. Now watch what he says. And I say unto you, Y'all a little slow. And I say unto you, and it shall be seek and ye shall, what's the next one? Knock and it shall. Now watch this. Now here's a key. Here's a key for everyone that that word means continually. 
continually. It doesn't mean to ask one time. It means asking, continually asking, continually asking, continually asking. Everyone that asketh, and he that, that means seeking it and 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 seeking it. He that seeketh shall, and to him that, that means knock, 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 knock. That's what importunity means in this verse. He wouldn't quit knocking. He wouldn't quit asking. He couldn't. He God. I'm, hey, what 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 did what did a uh, 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 brother do in the Old Testament? What, wasn't it wasn't it uh, 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 Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Jacob, Jacob. Remember when he was wrestling with God? Remember when he was wrestling with God? The angel, God in the form of the angel, and the angel said, let me go. He said, I will not let thee go unless you, you know what? He wrestled him all night long. When's the last time you got so serious about what you were praying for that you prayed all night about it? And guess what? God blessed him. God blessed him. Now, what is he saying? Paul is saying, be devoted. Continue in prayer. Get serious about your prayer. Be committed with it. Be a person of prayer. Continue in prayer. And what's that next word? Go back to Colossians. Go back to Colossians chapter four. The verse is right underneath the point. Continue in prayer and watch. Watch. The word watch means what? Okay, I cannot make it no easier than what I've got sitting right in your lap. All right? Watch means keep awake. That's what some of you need to do tonight. All right, let's try it. Watch means and be vigilant. So put this, we need to be devoted in our prayer and we need to be alert. We need to be alert. Now, obviously, we don't need to be going to sleep in our prayer meeting. All right, when you're in your closet talking to God or wherever you pray, you need, you need to, and, and, and I know that sounds like a far-fetched thing, but if you've ever spent time praying, you know that's not a far-fetched thing. Because your body is fleshly and carnal, and it doesn't like to do spiritual things, and prayer is a spiritual exercise. And if you ever have insomnia, just get your Bible and start reading it and try praying, and you'll be asleep in no time. Do I have a witness? Amen. Now listen, that's, that's what that's meaning, but there's a little more to it. It's a little more to it than just staying awake. It means this. We don't need to be lazy in our prayers. Amen. For instance, for instance, uh, dear Lord, bless me. Okay, that's kind of vague, isn't it? Bless you. How about... Lord, I got a doctor's appointment this week and I need a sure enough good report. That's a little better, isn't it? Lord, I got a power bill. I got a power bill this week and I, don't, it, it, I got more months than I got money. Say amen. Get specific. Let's not be lazy in our prayer. Let's, 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 let's be specific. With, now, why do we need to ask specifically? Because God will answer specifically. And when God answers specifically, as we ask specifically, it will build our faith. He says, be alert, be alert, be vigilant. Uh, listen, be, be thinking about what you need to be praying for. What are the things in your life that you need God to help you with? Uh, don't, don't just, don't just go through life lazily. And I, and, and I hope I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be disrespectful in the way I'm talking this way, but you know what I'm talking about. It is so easy to get, to get tired and just, just, and, and just get lazy with our prayers. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if God was sitting here in person, there is no way in this world you would talk to him in person like you do in your prayers. Without respect, without honor, be alert. Listen, let's know we're talking to the one who holds our air that we breathe. Let's know that when we talk and we pray, we're speaking to the one who keeps the sun burning at just the right temperature, keeps the moon and everything where it needs to be so the tides would be right and everything will grow like it needs to go. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. We're talking to the God of the universe, the creator of the world. Be alert. Listen, let's be vigilant in our prayers. 
And then he says this. What's, what's that? He says, he says, continue in prayer. That means be devoted and watch, be alert, be, 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 be vigilant, stay awake in the same with Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. He says, be thankful and have an attitude of gratitude. Be grateful for what God's already done for you. And you know what? You, you, that one sentence, I, 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 I run out of paper room and, and I'd have put a whole lot more verses there because there were several there. Where over and over and over and over again, Paul in his letters, he's telling us, be thankful, be thankful, be thankful. This is God's will concerning you to be thankful, to give thanks. Uh, How many times, excuse me, how many times do we see that in the book of Psalms about being thankful? Come before his presence with thanksgiving, amen? Being grateful for what God's done for us. He says in Philippians chapter 4, this is one of the greatest verses written on worry and anxiety. Be careful, means anxious or worry. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with let your request be made known unto God. And what are we talking about? We're talking about prayer. So here again in Philippians over and over and over. Now keep in mind, keep in mind, this is coming from somebody who's rotten in a prison. I mean, he's not, he's not writing this from a, a five-star hotel. He's sitting in a, just a nasty, awful prison, but yet he's saying, man, we need to be thankful. In all things, give thanks for this is the will of God concerning you. He didn't say for all things. He said in all things. In other words, Paul said, if I'm in prison, I'm going to thank him. If I'm in the ship going across the sea, I'm going to thank him. If I'm in a synagogue full of people who appreciate what I got to say, I'm going to thank him. If I'm on the steps with them ready to throw stones at me, I'm going to thank him. God's been good to me. Man, I, I, we got to get back to an attitude of gratitude and thanksgiving to God. Because when we lose the attitude of gratitude, we go into the, the attitude of, uh, help me, help me. What's the word uh, when people think everything owes them? Entitled. That's it. That's the one I'm looking for. When we stop, when we stop being thankful for what God's done, we begin to think somebody owes us. And then we start getting offended. We start getting offended. When you, when you live in an attitude of offense all the time, you think way too highly of yourself. A young, a young man come to Spurgeon, that same preacher, come to Spurgeon and said, and he was talking about people that were criticizing him. He was a young minister and he had some critics. And by the way, if you do something for God, you're going to have critics. And, and he came to Spurgeon, you know, he's just a young minister and Spurgeon's a seasoned man of God. And he said, man, they're, they're, they're saying all kinds of things. They're criticizing me. He said, have no fear, young man, because you're worse than they think you are. <laughs> now think about this. The people that are criticizing you, if they really knew you. We got we to gotta be careful and start being thankful. I may not have everything I want, but I sure have everything I need. Amen. 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 Be thankful. I, I'm telling you, we may not control our circumstances, but we can sure, we can sure control our attitudes. Our attitudes. Number, number two. Three attitudes in prayer. Number two, three aims in prayer. This is what he says to pray about. This is what he says to pray about. And this is where you're going to see where it's tying in. Uh, and by the way, I didn't plan it that way. Just how everything has kind of came together uh, with when Brother Dave come for the, the, the training about sharing your faith. That was just the only time we could get him. I wanted on a Sunday, but... It, it, it just is the way it is. And now all of this is coming. It just, just It's like God's lining all this stuff up in what we're talking about in the subject. Because I really, I have a burden in my heart for our people to start sharing their faith. How many of y'all believe we're running out of time? We are running out of time. I'm telling you, Jesus is coming. 
The stuff that's happening today, the stuff that's happening in Israel, uh, I I just learned today, they just made an announcement that they have found the, the actual wall that was around Jerusalem when the Babylonians came. In other words, during that, when they destroyed Solomon's temple, uh, and, and that is just giving more evidence, more evidence of, of the, the, the people of Israel being in their city. And I'm telling you, it's, they, they're uncovering stuff every single day. We are about to leave this world. If we're going to do witnessing, we better get it done. If you know somebody that's going to hell, you better tell them. You better share your faith. We're running out of time. Church, say amen. Amen. So this is what Paul is concerned about. Now, keep in mind, keep in mind, Paul is in prison. Paul is in prison. He said, I want you to pray for me. And this is what I want you to pray for. So we see the three aims in prayer. I don't know if I gave that to you or not, but we see the three attitudes in prayer. Number two, we see the three aims in prayer. This is what we're aiming at. This is our target. Paul is saying, this is what I want you to pray for. Look at verse number three. With all praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of, what's that word? Utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. All right. So write this down first. Paul says, I want you to pray for open doors. Pray for open doors. Now, what do we want to use the word door here? We want to use the word opportunity. Paul is saying, I want you to pray that God would give us some opportunities. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 8 and 9, but I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. Why? For a great, what's that word? Door Door and effectual is opened unto me and there are many adversaries. This is in, he is in Corinth when he says this. What is he saying? Man, I have got a great, what? opportunity. I've got a great opportunity. One thing, one thing, uh, brother Dave said in the training last week, it kind of tickled me a little bit. He says, man, I'm sitting in my office. I'm sitting around all these Christians. And he says, it's irritating. He said, I got to go out there and and get around some sinners. He said, because if you're going to fish, you got to go where the fish are. And what is he saying? I want to go where there is an Now, if you've read, if you've read anything about the city of Corinth, you know, there was some sinners there and that didn't back Paul up. That didn't frustrate Paul. That didn't break Paul down to some Christians today by what you see on social media. They would be appalled to be in such a city, but not Paul. He said, man, what a great opportunity. Give us an opportunity. He says, pray that God would open a door. Second Corinthians two twelve. <clears throat> furthermore, furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel and a door, door was opened unto me of the, door. now let's say this a minute. Let's, let's stop here just a second and talk about this, this opportunity. He says, I want you to pray for opportunities. And remember that's the O that's the O in Bob that's coming Sunday, right? Y'all remember that last week was, was B what was B what it stand for? burden. How many of y'all have thought a lot more about it this week since Sunday? Amen. That's a start. That's a start. I hope you're breaking down. I hope it's calling you anxiety. I hope you have to take Maalox and Pepto and everything else. We got to be afflicted. We're never going to open our mouth till we get burdened about it. And this is important. Listen, but B stands for burden. O stands for opportunity. We need some opportunities. Pray for opportunities. And did you notice something about both of these verses? Look, let's, let's go back. Let's go back. Look what it says with all praying also for us that what's the next three words. Okay. Okay. I'm going to stop and then give me the next three words. Okay. You ready? When I stop, give me the next three words with all praying also for us that Now, how are we going to get our opportunities? That's right. Now watch this. Look in your notes. Look in your notes. He says, for a great door and effectual is open unto me. Look in 2 Corinthians 2.12. Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel and a door was open unto me. What's the next three words? In other words, he said, God did it. 
God did it. Now, when God opens a door, nobody can shut it. And if you don't believe that, go look at the letter written to the church at Philadelphia in the book of Revelation. He said, I've opened a door unto you that no man can shut. And guess what? When God shuts a door, no man can open. Now, now here's the deal. Now think about this. The Philadelphian church age was, I believe, during the times of the great awakenings, the great Welsh revivals, the time of Spurgeon and the time of Moody. And, and, and if you go back and look at church history, you will see during the Reformation area and after the Reformation area, there was an incredible time of revival. Now, I'm not talking about having a revival three day. I mean, we can't even have a one day revival now. It's gone from two weeks to one week to three days to maybe a Sunday. But back then they would have weeks and months of revival. They would have whole cities come to God. That was during the Philadelphian church age, the age where God said, I'm talking about these are the age of the crusades and, and, and just unbelievable things happen. But he said, I place before you an open door that no man can shut. Now, now let's fast forward. That's the Philadelphian church age. That's the Philadelphian letter. If we go to the very last one, that's the Laodicean. Now in the Philadelphian church letter, he says, I place before you in. Everybody say it. I place before you in. But then in the Laodicean church age, he says, I stand at the door and. Now what kind of door do you knock on? A closed door. Ladies and gentlemen, we're living in the Laodicean church age. We are seeing things happening today that you'd have never seen in that day. But guess what? We can pray for an open door. There may not be an open door to the city, but there will be open doors to your neighbor. There will be an open door to the person you work with. There will be an open door to the person you go to school with. We may be in the Laodicean age, but we still have a Philadelphian God. Are y'all with me? And Paul is saying, pray for it. Now he's in prison. He's in prison and he's asking him to pray that he'll have an opportunity to preach to somebody and to share the gospel with somebody. And by the way, he did. He did. He did it to Caesar's household. He did it to every guard that came his way. Listen, brother Dave was, was teaching us Thursday. And he showed a scar on his arm. He showed a scar on his arm from where he had open heart surgery. He said he was laying in bed one night and he started feeling weird. And, and, and he started Googling symptoms of a heart attack and said, don't be a hero. You know, call 911. So he did. And, and here he is sweating profusely. And, and they, they wheel him out on, on a gurney and, and get in the ambulance. Get in the ambulance. And he's laying in the ambulance looking up at the guy. The guy's feverishly working on him. And he said, sir. He said, I believe all this is going to turn out well, but if you was in my shape, do you know where you would go? <laughs> now y'all were here Thursday. Am I telling the truth? And later on, later on, he testified, the guy, the paramedic testified that he got saved from that paramedic ride. He gets to the hospital. He gets to the hospital and calls his wife and said, send me every track that you have. Every track, every my, my store track, every my, he said, bring them all. What is he saying? I'm a witness to, he, this is what he said. I'm a witness to every person that comes through that door. What does it mean? It means this guys, no matter where you are, there are opportunities. Now, if, if my man can lay on his back, having a heart attack and witness to the paramedic, shame on us. Shame on us. And he, he, he did say this too, so I'm going I'm to give it to y'all. If he's good enough to do it, I'm, I told y'all, I'm learning. He, he, said, he said, if y'all catch me, if y'all catch me in town without a track in my pocket, I'll give you a dollar. So I'm going to tell all y'all that. So I'm buying shirts now with pockets so I can have a track in here. Amen. <laughs> Why? I want some opportunities. How many of y'all have, how many of y'all have gotten on the interstate? What's the interstate in Gaston? The one that comes down 59. Have y'all ever been going from here to there and then got on the interstate? There's a little Chevron or a little gas station right before y'all know what I'm talking about. 
That's like a, that's like a use the bathroom spot all the time. Cause by then it's time. Say amen. And I always go in there and man, Sunday I, I went to, to, uh, uh, North Carolina cause a uh, little man, my little grandson, it was his one year birthday. And, and, uh, and so as soon as church was over, I struck out and, 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 and by the time I got there, I went in and y'all know I was all fired up about it. And I'm telling you, I'm just, I've been preaching about this burden and I'm ready. And, and so I'm, 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 I'm talking to the lady and, 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 and witnessing to her and, and some is or something I can pray for. And she said, yes, you can pray for my two grandsons. So they got, is it RSV? Is that the breathing issue? That they had that issue. I said, ma'am, I'm going to be praying for that. And, 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 and told her she was so thankful. And I left. Well, come back. Come back. It's a good spot to stop again when you get off the interstate. Amen. <laughs> and, and, so, and so I walked in and went to the restroom. When I come out, there was a lady there in the aisle. And I heard something say about prayer. I said, uh-huh. This could be an and I, and I, so I looked at the lady and the, and the lady I had originally talked to was behind the counter. I wasn't sure if it was the same one, but I was thinking it was. And, uh, and, and I said, I said, man, prayer is powerful, ain't it? And she said, oh yeah, yes. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't. And the lady behind the counter said, well, if you believe in prayer, would you pray for, I said, is it your grandsons? And she looked at me <laughs> and, and I said, how do they do it? I, I met you Sunday. Do you remember? And, and it, her face just lit up. And so she told me one of them had pneumonia and she wanted to really pray for that one. And man, I was able to give her my story. I said, ma'am, I know you're busy. You got a lot of people in here. But when you get a minute, would you read my story? I, I, I'll be praying for you. What is that? It's an opportunity. And guess what? They're everywhere. And one thing that'll help us see them and have them and say, God, would you open the door? You have not because you. What if we got up? What if everybody in here? What if everybody in here got up tomorrow morning and said, God, give me a burden today. God, just break my heart today. Let me see people. Just on the verge of hell. Let me have that image in my head. Let me just see them that they're just on the verge of hell. And give me an opportunity to share my story. Do you reckon God would answer that prayer? Let me, let me prove it. Let me prove it. The Bible says, and I'm not going to prove it by experience because everybody's experience is different. So that wouldn't be proof. I can prove it by what the scripture says. God, watch this now. The Bible says that God will answer our prayers according to his will, right? According to his will. So if we pray that he would give us an opportunity to share our faith so somebody could get saved, he said he would answer according to his will. Doesn't the Bible say this? God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to. Is it God's will for people to get saved? Is it God's will for us to tell them? And if we ask God to give us an opportunity, is that his will? Is that proof enough? Let's ask. So when we pray, when we pray, let's pray for our bills. Let's pray for our children. Let's pray for our grandchildren. Let's pray for whatever. But don't not pray for an opportunity. Because when it's all said and done. The only thing you can take to heaven with you is someone else. Amen. Amen? Amen. Listen. So he says, pray, a pray for everybody say it. Pray for open doors, which just means pray for an opportunity. God, give me an opportunity. Give me an opportunity. B not only for open doors, but look what he says. He said, with praying, with all, praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of, what's that word? Utterance, Utterance to, what's that word? Speak. Speak. Now, if we get an open door, what do we need to have? An open mouth. We need to have an open mouth. Amen? You remember what I said? The greatest sin in the American church is what kind of Christian? The silent Christian. Open your mouth. Tell somebody. Tell somebody. And by the way, we had this discussion. We had this discussion in, in, in uh staff meeting today. 
staff meeting today that people are so uh, frustrated with Christians, but they connect it with church. Because when they should see love in Christians, we see Christians fighting over vaccine or no vaccine. We see Christians fighting over Democrat, Republican. And all this fussing going on. So they're kind of bent out of shape with Christians. And they got it right. They got it right. And they'll say, listen, church is full of hypocrites. And guess what? They have. Yeah, yeah. They have. A lot of us ain't been living like we should, and we call ourselves Christians. Say we go to temple and then go out there and act like an idiot. So they they got they got that going on. So here's what we're gonna have to do. Here's what we're gonna have to do. Instead of inviting them to church, let's start inviting them to Christ. Amen. We're gonna have to change our tactic. Uh uh Cesar and, and Maria are right here. Uh <clears throat> He's the one that has to try to keep up with me translating preaching on Hispanic church service at three o'clock on, on Sunday afternoons. And we were talking and we were sharing and because we're teaching DMD, you know, how to share our faith and all that and inviting people. And, and a lot of the Hispanic community has a Catholic background. And, and when you invite them to Bautista Iglesia, uh, to a Baptist church, anything but a Catholic church, man, they, Wait a minute. There's a big stand. There's just a big reluctance there. So we have come into the, to the, to the conclusion and the determination. We're not going to invite him to church. We're going to invite him to Christ. We're going to invite him to Christ because if they find Christ, they're going to want the church. They're going to want the church. And I'm afraid that there's too many churches without Christ in him is why people are y'all with me. And so, so we need an opportunity. And when we get the opportunity, we need to open our mouth. We need to tell somebody. We need to have courage to open our mouth. Look what it says in Acts 18, 9. Paul, when he got to Corinth, when he got to Corinth, wicked, 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 wicked city. Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by vision. And what did he say? But speak. Say it again. Be not afraid, but speak. Hold not thy peace. Open your mouth, Paul, and tell the gospel. Ephesians 6, 19. He said, here's, a, here's a parallel verse to what we're reading. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me. Everybody say it. That I may open my mouth boldly and to make known the mystery of the gospel. Now, you remember in Acts chapter number... Acts chapter four. Norm, where was we at? Was it four? Was it four last night? I believe it was four. I believe it was four. Uh, right after, right after uh, Peter and John was going into the temple and and, and healed the lame man, uh, they got arrested and was threatened. Said, "Don't you, don't you preach anymore in this name." They go back to the church and and here's what they prayed for. They didn't pray, "Oh God, get them off our backs." Oh God, stop the government from messing with us. No, this is what they said. God, give us boldness. Give us boldness to preach. And you know what? God was so tickled with their prayer request that the Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. The place was shaking where they were gathered together and they spake the word of God with boldness. 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 Now, a cool thing, a cool thing. You might not think it's a cool thing, but it's a cool thing. He started uh, in the training Thursday. We was in Corinthians and looking at the qualifications of what it takes to, to be a witness and to be a soul winner like Paul. In other words, he gave what Paul was. He gave the qualifications that Paul was. You know what the qualifications were? This is what Paul said he was. He said, number one, I can't talk right. Number two, I have fear. Number three, I have trembling. And I was like, yes, that's great. I remember being up in Ohio. Now you got to understand, you got to understand if you was here Thursday, you would have got it. You'd understand Dave Gibson's probably the greatest soul winner in America. He is probably winning more people to Christ than anybody, any of us will ever lay our eyes on. 
And when in, we was in Columbus, Ohio, I just couldn't take it no more. Y'all know how he went, you know, he, he's kind of slow getting to it, man. I'm trying, I said, he said, yes, sir. I said, do you still get scared? He said, yes. I said, thank God. There's nobody. If the greatest soul winner I know personally, and I have experienced and been with and watched him operate, it's just incredible. If he still gets nervous, you know what he prays every morning? God, give me some boldness. Give me courage to open my mouth. If Paul needed it, if Dave Gibson needs it, if your preacher needs it, Amen. So when we pray, guys, when we pray, first of all, let's pray for open. First, open. God, give me an opportunity and then pray for an open mouth. Help me to have courage to share. When I do get that opportunity, Lord, help me not to waste it. Help me not to waste it. Lord, help me to open my mouth. <clears throat> all right. See, see, this is good. A. Our aims in prayer, we pray for an open door. B, we pray for open mouth. C, we pray for open hearts. Open hearts. We say, where do you get that? Look what it says. Look what it says in verse four. That I may make it manifest. The word manifest means understood, clear, clear. You know, we need, we need to be able to find somebody who gets it. Everybody you witness, this is the frustrating part about witnessing, sharing your faith. Everybody's not going to get it. And everybody's not going to want it. it. It just is what it is. I wished it wasn't the case. I want everybody to have it and everybody should want it, but that's just not reality. But there will be some out there. Now look what it says. Look what it says in Matthew 13, 23. But he that receives seed. Y'all remember the, y'all, oh, I got to hurry, got to hurry. Y'all remember the, uh, uh, the parable of the, the sower in the seed? He's throwing seed out, you know, and it's landing on the path and it's landing on rocky soil and it's landing on hard soil and it's landing on good soil. I mean, it's just landing everywhere, right? That dude must've been scattering. There was none of this. There was this. Right. And, and we know, I mean, trying to make this short because I'm out of time, but, but, but there was only one group of soul that turned out anything. And, and, and the, the, the whole point is this, look what it says, but he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and now isn't that what that word manifest means? means understandable. There's going to be some people that get it. When you share it, they're going to get it. They heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some 60 and some 30. Now, here's what we need to learn from that. Don't go nowhere. Don't go nowhere. I got a whole nother page. We don't know what kind of heart everybody's going to have. We don't know if it's going to be a hard heart we don't know if it's going to be a stony heart. We don't know if it's going to be a good heart. So guess what? We can't call nobody. We just, uh, <laughs> he said, he said, just be a seed chucker. Witness to everybody. Some's going to receive it and some ain't. So just keep sharing. You don't know who it is. You don't know who is going to be the closest to hell. You don't know who that's going to be. He said, so just, just take it for whoever God puts in your uh, uh, vicinity, whoever you find yourself with an opportunity, open your mouth and pray God opens their heart. Amen? That's what we need to pray for. Three things. Quickly, quickly. Three things we pray for. A, pray for. Everybody, pray for. Open doors. B, pray for, what is open doors? Opportunities. We need to pray for an opportunity tomorrow to share your faith. All right. Opportunities. B, for, we need to pray God will give us fearlessness, courage, and boldness to open our mouth. C, pray for, 
open hearts. God, help me put it in a way they understand. All right, now, number three, quickly. Quickly, we'll make it, we'll make it. All right, three actions in prayer. Three actions in prayer. Right after he says what to pray for, he says, this is what you need to do. Colossians chapter four, verse five. Let's all read together. Walk in wisdom toward them that are, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Let's read that again. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without. One more time, one more time. Just stop right there. Let's read it again. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without. Now the word them that are without are talking about lost people. Does everybody understand that? Talking about those that don't have God, those that are without Christ, those that are without salvation. Now watch this. Really, this whole thing is talking about evangelism and sharing your faith. So, I mean, the whole prayer, everything in the prayer was to ask them to help get the gospel out, right? And now he's telling them how they need to behave out there. Now, watch. There's a reason. There's a reason. We got to be a, write this down, be wise. He said, walk in wisdom. Walk in wisdom. If we're going to be good soul winners, if we're going to be good faith chairs, if we're going to be good seed chuckers, we got to be, we got to be wise. Especially, especially around lost people. All you say, folks, in here on social media, be careful what you post. Please be careful what you post. I have people angry at me right now. But I'm telling you, lost people are watching. Be careful what you post. Be smart about it. Be smart. Be smart about how you are around lost people. Be wise. Listen, be wise. When you're, when, you're, when, you're, when you're at Kentucky Fried Chicken right after church, be careful how you talk about the service. Be careful how you talk about the teacher. Be careful how you talk about the preacher because people are listening. I've told you before, I've been in restaurants and on Sunday afternoons, and I'm telling you what, I, I thank God I'm not their preacher. I mean, it was all I could do not to stand up and say, listen, if he's that bad, won't you go somewhere else? Don't be sitting around here talking about it. It's no wonder lost people don't want to come to church. If you ask a waiter or a waitress, what's the least favorite day they like to work? It's Sunday. And they hate serving church people. They're the rudest and the worst tippers. I pray it ain't none of y'all. But that is a fact. You know what that is not doing? That's not walking wise. That's telling, that's telling all the lost people that's trying to work and serve your meal that you're just a hypocrite. That there ain't nothing to that down there at the church house. Let's read that statement I, I typed right there. Let's all read it together. What believers, okay, stop. What believers are. It don't matter what you say. It's what they see that you Because what you are says more than what you say. And Paul says this, if you're going to go out there, he said, Brother Dave, I keep saying Brother Dave, I can't help it. I told y'all I was going to tell you what he said. He talks about, he talks about when he's witnessing to a waitress or a waiter, he says, man, I tip big. And, he, and you could tell if you were in here, uh, 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 Miss McKelvey, you were in here, did he not seem a little aggravated when he talked about that. He said, listen, don't short them. 
Double the tip. He said, I'll give 100% back, especially if I'm witnessing to him. And man, you could, you could visually see he was a little agitated right there because he's probably experienced that and seen. We're going we're gonna to go and be wise. Paul says, be wise, especially around those that are without. Amen. Amen. Listen, be wise, be careful. The Bible says a man offended is harder to be one than a strong city. Be careful, be wise, then be opportunistic. Look what he says. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. In other words, take advantage. Take advantage of the time you have. Take advantage of the opportunity that you have. Psalms 90 verse 12. Psalms 90 verse 12. So teach us to number our days. How many of y'all, how many of y'all know we, we, we only have a, a lot of time? We all. We don't know what that a lot of time is, but we all got in a lot of time. And the psalmist is saying, know that, recognize that. And whatever you're going to do, do it. John nine, Jesus was that way. He knew he had an allotted time. He said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. What is he saying? I got a job to do and I'm going to do it. Hey, even when he was 12 years old and they came and they were frustrated with him and said, man, you scared us to death. You remember when he was in the temple, they, they had, they lost. How'd you like to be the one that lost the Lord? (laughs) Mary and Joseph, man, they went back to Jerusalem. They were scared to death. They found him in the temple, confounding the wise. And they said, wished you not W I S T wished you not that I must be about my father's business. And that phrase means I had to get an early start. I got things to do. I'm only here for a short period of time. Now, Jesus knew what that time was. He knew it was 33 years. We don't know what it is, but the point is we know it's limited. So whatever we're going to do, let's do it. If there's somebody we're going to witness to, let's witness to them. If there's somebody we're going to share with, let's share with them. Romans 13, 11, Paul says it well in Romans. He said, knowing the time. Look at the time. Now it is high time to awake out of sleep. I'm telling you, the American church needs to wake up. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, nor in chambering or wantonness, not in strife and envy, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. He's saying we're running out of time. Hey, if Paul thought he was running out of time, how much more are we? Man, if we're going to do it, we got to get it done. Be wise. Be opportunistic. Let's quit wasting opportunities. Let's quit procrastinating. Let's get it done. C, be gracious. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time. Let your speech, your conversation, your words be always with grace. With grace. Why is that important? The Bible says, let no corrupt communication, Ephesians 4, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Isn't that amazing? He tied that in together. That the words of our mouth can grieve the Holy Spirit. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed in the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, and clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Think about all of those things are inward things. And he just got through saying, be careful what comes out of your mouth. You know what we know? Out of the abundance of the heart, the... Oh, yeah. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath given you... You need to think about what you're saying. If what you're saying is not going to help the person, don't say it. Was it Winnie the Pooh? 
It says if you can't say nothing good. Was it Thumper? It was Thumper, wasn't it? Man, that's real theology. <laughs> that's good stuff. That's exactly what Paul says right here. Let me read it again. Thumper was right. If you can't say nothing good, say nothing at all. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is to the use of the word edify means what? Build up, build up. Can you imagine if we could just start doing that? What kind of better testimony we would have with those that are with without. He says, be wise when you're around those folks. Be opportunistic. Take advantage of the opportunity. See, all of this has to do with soul winning. All of this has to do with sharing our faith. He said, be smart when you're around lost people. Take advantage of the opportunity you have when you're with them. Be gracious when you speak. How many, just out of curiosity, how many of y'all were here Thursday when Brother David, raise your hand real high. Man, I'm so glad y'all were here. Could y'all not see grace in everything he said? He was so gracious and so kind. Y'all had to leave. You had to go to work. But Walker, he, was, he, he bragged about you when you left. You wasn't even here. And I told him he didn't really know you as good as I did. <laughs> I'm kidding. I didn't say that. That was not edifying whatsoever, was it? <laughs> Man, it seemed like all you could hear in his voice was kindness and grace. And he, he was just, it was like he was just so thankful. Somebody come up and gave him a penny that had a cross in it. A penny. Was you the one who gave him the cross? Who gave him the cross? Penny with a cross. Whatever. Either way, he was so grateful. And he had grace in his speech. Man, I'm going to tell you, the American church has got a lot of work to do. Amen. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if just this crowd right here, and it's a pretty good crowd for a Wednesday night. This is incredible. If we just went out of here and start showing grace and, and being real careful what we say around lost people and started taking opportunities that God presents to us just to be kind, wouldn't that be amazing? Amen. Lastly, let me give you the last one. He didn't have this one. I added this one. <laughs> I'm going to tell him he's a little short. He needs to put this one in his notes. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. Watch this. That ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. Be prepared. Know how to answer. Know how to tell somebody how to get saved. Be prepared. Now look at me. I, I'm already in the red. I'm in trouble. So look at me. Everybody, I hope you're looking at Fairview. Everybody look. Everybody look. You say, preacher, I don't know how to answer a man about salvation. Okay, no problem. So learn. So learn. Listen, you can get a cheat sheet. We've got them made. They will fit in your wallet. There was a time, there was a time in Bondo Church that I was out of town. And there was a young man that needed to get saved. He showed, he said, every, and they were all, everybody in Bondo Church, they were kind of, you know, the preacher ain't here, the preacher ain't here. And they say, well, I got one of them cards. <laughs> Guess what? Man got saved. Stop making excuses. If you don't know the verses, learn them. If you got a terrible memory, Write them down and put them in your pocket. Amen. It's high time. We wake out of sleep. We're not, we're not going to heaven and they call a roll call temple. All right, all you temple people. They're not going to be able to say all you silent temple people. They're going to say a lot of stuff about it, but that ain't going to be one of them. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray for B. Pray for a burden. Everybody say it. Pray for a burden. 
O, pray for an opportunity. And B, pray for... Now, how many of y'all will help me pray that tomorrow morning? Let's pray it tomorrow morning. Here's what we'll do. If we pray it 21 days straight, it will become a habit. You will do it automatically, and you won't have to think about it. So let's do it. Amen? Amen. Say this with me. I know I'm over time. I know I'm over time. Say it with me. Each one... Reach one. Reach one. Then teach one. What if everybody in here reached one this year? Now, Brother Dave challenges to witness, find somebody every day for 21 days. But I'm telling you, what if you just found one this year? And you reached them. And you spent some time to teach them what you know.